When I was young, I have uh, fond memories of playing this board game called Clue with my brothers and sisters. We played it often. It was a popular murder mystery game where you had to determine the suspect, the weapon, and the room that the crime took place. For example, a guest, a guest might be Mr. Plum with the knife in the library or Miss Scarlet with the revolver in the dining room. And so it went until someone solved the crime. Maybe some of you remember that game. It was always a suspenseful event full of strategy, and it was always lots of fun for us to play. And mystery themes, whether they be movies or books, remain po um, very popular today. There's so many talented authors, whether it be Ag Agatha Christie or James Patterson or John Gershom or Stephen King. If you like the genre, it, you probably have your own favorites. Mystery books and stories are popular because they keep the reader engaged and guessing. The best mystery writers know how to keep enough details from the reader so that the ending is a complete surprise. Today is Divine Mercy Sunday. In and of itself, it is a miracle mystery, and it commemorates the canonization of St. Faustina, the Polish nun who in the 1930s had a mystical vision, a private revelation of Jesus. That's why we display here today this famous image that she saw from Jesus. Dressed in a white robe with red and white beams of light emanating forward, his heart touched as a blessing to all of us. Each of our readings today also provide us with plenty of mystery, some mystagogy catechesis, not a board game or a book or a movie simply designed to entertain us or keep us in suspense, but rather a re religious journey into the mystery of the resurrection, into the light and into the divine mercy of Christ. Today's scripture readings are meant to help us recognize the presence of the risen Lord in our midst. But the mystery that unfolds in our readings today can leave us confused, and I think at times a bit bewildered. In our first reading from Acts, we hear about many healings, signs of wonder, where through the miraculous power of God, even the shadow of St. Peter healed and cured those who were sick. In our second reading from Revelation, John shares with us a vision like the Son of Man who appeared in the midst of golden lampstands. And then in the gospel, Jesus appears to his disciples twice, even though the doors were locked, which helps us and underscores the mysterious 
character of Jesus' resurrection body, which is not impeded by any material obstacles. So what are we supposed to do or interpret or understand of all these mystical experiences that we're presented with today? What do they tell us about our Easter celebration? First, we can accept that at various times in our lives, we're not much different than the disciples, feeling isolated and abandoned. We can also find ourselves in a lockdown mode, in darkness because of grief or anxiety or illness or hurts inflicted by others. When we experience fear because of an unknown outcome, this is when we need to embrace Christ's spirit that is alive and at work in our lives. In times of desperation, Jesus continues to come and stand in our midst and greets us with that same gift and spirit of peace. The disciples had denied and betrayed and abandoned him. And yet, what does he offer them but peace? Three times in today's gospel, Jesus says, peace be with you. The abiding peace that Jesus provides to us can drive away our fear, just as he did for the disciples. It's a peace beyond all understanding, a peace that we know our world cannot give us. His peace may not stop the chaos of our world, but it's always present within it, calming our fears and smoothing our troubled hearts shining a light upon the darkness. The mercy of Jesus is always attempting to break through. Nothing holds him back from his desire to to initiate a relationship, an intimate relationship with us and offering us his gift of mercy and peace. Nothing holds him back, not darkness, not locked doors, not fears, not even our lingering doubts. Despite the obstacles we might put in place, the risen Christ breaks in. His amazing grace desires to overcome our fears and our doubts. I think we also must embrace that often we are no different than Thomas because his story is our story. Yes, we believe in the resurrection, but who among us wouldn't like to have some concrete evidence of its power? Where is it in our lives? We want to touch it and see it. We should not judge Thomas harshly for his doubt because Jesus didn't. Thomas should be remembered not because he was absent at the first meeting or because he doubted, but because, like us, he was called to believe upon the words of another. And like Thomas, we all know how difficult 
that can be. Knowing and loving Thomas, Jesus reaches out to him and offers him his wounds, even though Thomas didn't deserve it. Just like sometimes we might not believe that we deserve God's love and peace and mercy. Nonetheless, God continues to reach out to meet us where we are. He comes to us in ways we can readily believe. That's why we should trust in the power and joy of our community of faith, understanding that we are never alone. The second time Jesus appears, Thomas is with the other disciples. He is part of a community. And it's as part of the community is where he will experience the risen Lord. There are people in our midst who serve the needs of others through visiting those who are sick, helping the care of children in need, advocating for the protection of the vulnerable, making sure that our neighborhoods are safe and secure. There are those whose presence is a healing touch, whose smile warms our hearts, whose concern and counsel illuminates the darkness of our lives. There are people all around us who manifest this presence of our risen Lord. And we can see it if only we open ourselves to it. Mystical experiences are not reserved for extraordinary, holy people. Any one of us can be invited into a deep personal encounter when we least expect it, in the most unlikely places. In fact, the risen Christ is always just around the corner, eager to enter our lives with transforming power, that power that comes from the resurrection. All of us, we too, can be the healing power, the healing touch of the risen Christ in our world to those who are suffering and most vulnerable. We can be the reason that others come to the Lord. We're reminded of this in the last verse of our gospel today. These things are written so that you may become that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that you may have life with him.